Hi, and welcome to The Sustainable Century, where we explore with experts, with leaders, activists, communities of interest, mothers, fathers, and kids, how to buy, how to work, and how to invest for happier lives and a healthier planet. I'm your host, Mark D'Souza Shields. The U.S. midterm elections were all about health care and hate, but they also projected America's insecurity and desperate need for a more sustainable the world. The age of post-scarcity began in the 1950s and 1960s when, for the first time in human history, pretty much anybody could afford to go to a nearby grocery store and get almost any kind of food they wanted at any time of the year they wanted it. This and an above poverty level minimum wage put a tamper on our primordial fears of scarcity, which had plagued and still plagues humankind, well, since kind of forever. Fast forward to 2018, uh, most people have not seen much good, not too much bad, but not much good from over eight years of economic growth in America. Between 2008 and 2017, as most of us know, the economy has grown by an average of about 2% annually. Unemployment is down to about 3.5% and an incredible 7 million jobs are wanting for laborers. Wages have finally, albeit reluctantly, begun to rise. So why, in an era of quote and unquote unparalleled abundance, is there so much unhappiness that people are willing to swallow even the most swillish political behavior at the highest and lowest levels? Well, could it be because uh, conventional measures tell us that there is hope, but the real story is about people falling further and further behind? Here are some figures. The average minimum wage job offers about a buck 25 less an hour today than it did in 19. 68. That is incredible. Until the early 1970s, minimum wage allowed a family to live above the poverty line, as it was meant to do. Today, it doesn't even get you halfway, and there are some 80 million workers, or about 60% of all wage and salary workers, earning a minimum wage in the United States. Not even halfway out of poverty. So despite mangoes and broccoli being available in February, economic insecurity is on the rise and there is little perceived hope for better. If more people were truly happy, many fewer would countenance the ugly American politicians who bait our lesser selves into such shameful behavior. Unhappiness and its vitrolic cousins hate, despair, and suspicion should give us pause to think of growth and employment as cures for our 21st century angst. What will it take to make us happy? More patient, more tolerant, more positively curious about life and others? What will it take to do more than simply acknowledge the existential threat of climate change and rapidly diminishing biodiversity that will so rapidly affect the welfare of our planet? If we think we're poor now, just wait. Well, these are big questions which seem almost too cliche to even ask. But something somehow feels different to ponder them, these big questions, in the post-mortem weeks after the divided and divisive U.S. midterm elections. 
Uh, was Trump sent from the gods to disrupt us to the point that these big questions became relevant for everybody and not just academics, philosophers, and poets? Well, one thing is for certain, with an economy that makes most folks feel they're going in reverse with a blindfold on, broad faith in liberal economic democracy is dwindling fast, with radical insur insurgents rising both on the left and the right. And like five-year-olds before snack time, these radicals are hangry for change. While the rest of us, well, we're just simply exhausted by the unsatisfying content of centrist policy we know will never enjoy majority support and suspect our 30 years past their best before date. Has belief in the liberal democratic economic order surpassed its ability to address quintessential 21st century questions of security, economic and community, and environmental sustainability? Given the minimal impact 10 years of economic growth leading to near full employment seems to have had on these fundamental societal anxieties, perhaps not. Residual belief remains perhaps only because it offers some form of relief to growing political neuroses. But more likely, it remains simply because there is no reasonable alternative available. That said, hapless belief only amplifies our collective angst, particularly in the sober light of the midterm election results. What will quell hangry howls and make us all happy and sustainable? In a phrase, want less, and give more. Well, stay tuned next week for some innovative policy ideas to address our hunger for security and its insoluble partner, a more just and sustainable world. Thanks for listening. I'm Mark D'Souza Shields, host of The Sustainable Century. Thanks for listening. I hope you liked it. If you did, I encourage you to check out The Sustainable Century blog at thesustainablecentury.net. Remember to click like in all the right places. Better yet, pass the blog or pass the pod along. And remember, it's up to you. It's up to us to make this a happier and healthier world.